0: Um, we're gonna dive into the, into the deep end. Does machismo affect, affect Latinx communities, if so, how? And in, within that question, can machismo still be prevalent even if there's a matriarchy? Mm-hmm. Wait, wait, one?
1: So no. it's question four. Um, does machismo affect Latinx communities, if so, how? And, um, like the sub part of that is can machismo still be prevalent, um, even if like you view your family as a matriarchy. So I don't know if like y'all heard, um, the previous podcast that Alma and I did, um, before, but this is a question we also, um, it was similar. We asked about your family, like family dynamics. So what I had said about my family dynamic is that I kind of view it as a matriarchy, because especially like on my mom's side, because there's a lot of like really strong women on that side. And even though it's a matriarchy, or I view it as a matriarchy, there still are a lot of um, like machista values within that so like with my grandma for example she does all the cooking like she stays at home she serves my grandpa like all of this and that's even seen like um among some of my aunts not all of them but like among some of my aunts they also do the same thing so it's like my family's very women-based and very, there's a lot of women empowerment within there, but they still hold on to some of the same, like, values, so that's kind of, like, where the question is heading, like, do you see that in your own families, even if it is a matriarchy, or how do you see um, machista values being played? For
2: my own family dynamic, I don't know exactly where it would fall in, like, because as much as I'd like to say that it's, like, 50-50, I think it varies on a day or weekly basis, Mm
0: -hmm.
2: but even if it were, like, let's say, to fall into the more defined matriarchy, matriarchy can, even though, yes, it means that a woman, you know, is the head of the household. But you can still uphold machista values.
3: I would say uh, to answer the does f- um, does machismo affect Latinx community? Yes, period. Because I would say that uh, I think like how I mentioned earlier, I would say machismo is very deeply instilled in. The Latinx culture, uh, especially the the power dynamics that it plays, were in the deep, deep history. The male was always um, seen as more than the uh, female. And um, usually, mujeres were, like how I mentioned earlier, um, they were... Their, I guess, their contributions were seen as less significant, and usually they were meant to be submissive, so to give in to the male uh, counterpart. And so, I think um, that it does affect. It it does affect Latinx communities. It affects, I think, both the m- male and female, um, or n- like. I, how would I use, I don't know how it would, the the language, but even like, I guess, non-binary kind of identifying folks within the Latinx community, because even, um, I would say like, um, I guess, male um, identifying folks, they also suffer from, like, the toxic machismo from it. So I, I would say it affects the whole com- the community as a whole. And it just continues to play, like, this really big dynamic where one counterpart is seen as more than the other. So with that comes, a I would say a lot of, I guess, toxic habits and ideologies. So, yeah, I... I don't, I wouldn't know how to answer the second part if machismo would still be prevalent in a matriarchy just because I feel like I grew up in a patriarchy and all the families in, within my family web are kind, are based off patriarchies, um, so But if I were to speak upon, I guess, like very like far away relationships, um, I would say yes. Because if you are a part of the Latinx community, you are, you experience the machismo, I guess, the machismo in it. And it can even be from like your your last name. Or even if you notice, I mean, my mom, for example, her last name is or in Mexico, it, we're from Mexico. Um, in Mexico, it was when she got married, it was Irma Gonzalez. It was first her maiden name, so Irma Gonzalez de Guzman, so of Guzman, and that literally just adds on to like the ownership of women, of mujeres, um, to men, and so, um, I think that's just. The, yeah, it can, it can definitely still be prevalent, even if you are in a tricky. even the practices, because, um, it's just a whole, like, upbringing kind of history, so,
4: yeah. Yeah, I completely agree, like, uh, with both of y'all that, of, period, no cuamas here, like, of course, machismo is um, so reinforced in Latinx communities, as well as through the Spanish language. Um, So the fact that if there's groups of um, men with one woman in it, it's equivalent to to saying ending with the O, then if there's like 10 women and one man, you still have to say nosotros. You know what I mean? Like, not have to, but it's like, that's just the way that it is. And I didn't learn to question that until we read Gloria Saldoa in Dr. Barrera's chicanx um, literature class. And I was just like, wow, like, the fact that we don't question the sayings, like, Kayita te ves mas bonita. um, It's just like, shut up. Your opinion doesn't matter because you're a woman and no one gives a fuck. Like, suck it the fuck up quietly and silent do your thing um in my in my household um i see machismo showed up in the form of um emotional neglect um, from the part of my father so that uh passed on to us uh, my sister and my brother our generation um to basically be like not accepting of our emotions and not having the security to find our voices um it was if you feel this type of way if you're crying why are you crying like immediately denying your reality denying your humanity like why or just making it so that like i would go to my room i let it all out and i learned that i couldn't be feeling emotions or crying in front of people Um, and now i'm the complete opposite and I'm like, that took, just like Jasmine said, breaking the mold is fucking hard, especially when people aren't breaking it with you. There's people who stay in the mold, and you have to remold yourself so that you can still interact with them. You know what I mean? Um, it's hard, yo. And then it's like, why is it our work to do? You know, like, we didn't ask for this. And it makes it so much harder because then we have to end up doing other people's work like i have to work hard so that my dad could see like that that's not okay you know what i mean and it's it's just like i realized at a certain point like he's not my son like if he wants this for himself like men have to break out of that themselves and it's something that i struggle with um on so many levels, you know? But anyway, yes, I do think that um, machismo can also be prevalent in a matriarchy even more so because just that transition, like people don't believe in it, people don't see it, and it's just from a patriarchy to a matriarchy, there's so many people who refuse to see that change, who refuse to acknowledge it, and they refuse to grow.
0: Period. (laughs) No, yeah, I feel like I agree with everything you guys have been saying. Like machismo is everywhere within the Latinx communities, countries, families, everything. Like even when we are surrounded by strong mujeres, like that patriarchy is still gonna make it's like gonna creep its way in somehow. Like at home like my mom is like a tienen los pantalones bien puestos but still it's like she, like the way she raised my brothers it's like completely different like con ellos like she'd let them be out and about like no questions asked but with me it's like con quién vas a qué horas like um cuánto te vas a tardar everything like she wanted every little piece of information and then like especially with my older brother it's like my brother would just be like, oh, I'm believing. And she would be like, okay, get the vaya bien. Like, no questions asked. And I'm like, what? <laughs> like, come on. It's like, um, and like she always says, like, to have like a better life, to offer us like something better. And so that like if she ever did have daughters, like they wouldn't be raised like or struggled the same that she did. But it's like, you're still trying to impose those like old costumbres from Mexico go on my sister and I over here and like dándole la libertad on my brothers so it's like not much is like yeah some things have changed but still like those old costumbres are still there like that patriarchy is still there like no matter what I'm just like oh I'm over it you know but because my mama also does. Did-
2: the same where she is always like where like she literally wants like a full file report before I head out but um I always question whether it's because of the patriarchy or if she's just genuinely worried about again me not coming home
1: yeah I feel like oh that could actually be a really big part of how like this whole like some machismo or machista ideologies are embedded within the women because talking about like femicide earlier and like how women aren't really safe that's also probably like where it plays in but mm-hmm. that's something like I didn't think about until you said that Esperanza is that maybe it is it's most likely because of our safety and like they know that when their sons go out that they don't have as much to worry about as like we as mm-hmm.
2: women and that's because this is a conversation that I've had with another classmate where we were talking about much more the same as the patriarchy and we were talking talking and talking until we came to the conclusion that Matismo is like a subcategory of the patriarchy for Latinx communities and how it could somehow also be a survival mechanism that we have adopted and that's when when like she asked these questions about like where it is I'm going who am I going with am I really going with or like, who else is going to be there, what time will I like, how am I going to get there? like, all of those questions? I always just think, you know what, I'm like, it's better to answer. And that way, if you know that at least I have precise location, then think of any worst case scenario. Because to me, like, when I get those questions, yes, as know as they are, I'd rather be safe than sorry.
1: Yeah, for sure. It's kind of like, um, I'm kind of, I was, it was drilled into my head (laughs) um, as soon as I was old enough to like start going out with my friends that I tell my mom like where I'm going and like when I'm on my way home or if I was going out of town with a friend, she would even tell me like make sure they're, they drive careful, (laughs) like even just like little things like that. Um, And it's like Yeah, sometimes you don't really think about that it is because of your safety, and sometimes it is because you're a woman and you're more vulnerable, and that's why it is embedded. Um, So it's like, yeah, it's really weird, and I never really thought about that difference either, about like that machismo is more of like a subcategory to the patriarchy, so it's like within the Latinx community, it's kind of, we have to deal with both. We deal with both mm-hmm. the patriarchy and machismo. And then um, sometimes it's interesting to know that machismo came as like a form of safety, but it's also like, yeah. when does that safety become violent too? So it's like too much safety can end up turning into the violence that you don't even want. Mm-hmm.
3: I think you mentioned something very important, and that made me bring um, or think about how. Yeah, that is true. Uh, about how, like the patriarchy, the patriarchy has kind of, in some ways, become kind of like a safety. Um, you said safety guard, safety net, safety source, <laughs> but yet um sometimes when we think about like male partners um within like relationships how sometimes within like the own relationship the partner is like the most dangerous aspect you know within um like if we think about domestic abuse like i don't remember the specifics the statistic but usually um um one of the i guess uh to say general without being like without saying specific numbers because i forgot what it was but um within domestic abuse it usually like the the first person who they question is the male counterpart you know like even with like amongst like um femicide like they look at the male counterpart they question that's the first person they question because usually they're the most dangerous subject you know and so Mm -hmm. then there's that kind of there's that um i guess that question like sometimes the person who you seek safety from are the most dangerous and it's usually the male so i think that's an important um that's when you know, yeah, that machismo and the patriarchy can also be, I would say, detrimental or like dangerous, you know. Yeah. So, I think that was also that was that was that was important.
1: Um, so we did kind of touch in a little bit to like some of this, but um. For one of the questions that goes along with this is, um, how do y'all think machismo affects different genders and sexualities? So we talked about earlier how there is a spectrum of gender, there's a spectrum of even womanhood, because that kind of goes along with your gender as well as your gender expression. And then um, even with your sexuality, and I think Daisy kind of touched upon that as well, is how does that affect our identities like that?
2: Yeah. I think that it affects our identity in the sense that that you yourself may also have some machista ideology within and it's a constant battle because for one it's uh, well I mean both are what make you you, whether you disagree or not like it's not hard to change patterns away from Matista ideology but it's it's also what kind of shapes your point of view about gender expression and gender and sexuality um like the most recent example that I can think of within the Latinx community of course is Bad Bunny's um video you know it they really just, you know, there was a the divide. And this is also just to point out that cross dressing does not equal um, allyship, just to make that distinction. But it was something, he did send a message, you know, given that there was a trans woman in Puerto Rico who was literally murdered. And some people took it as a highlight to that and like, kind of like, in a way honoring her, you know, others call for more accent, and others are, like, uh, part of, and pardon my language, but it's, like, the tweets were, like, um, you don't want this whole city, i near you. I'm, like, then we saw that one of his, um, one of the persons who he had featured on his album as well, Anuel, I decided to speak out and said that you know he doesn't want that. And people were quick to call that out for toxic masculinity, which it is because we again don't know um, bad bunny gender expression. And that could just be him expressing himself, that could just be him across dressing as well. So it was like the most recent one. And it's just so difficult to see how many perspectives there were on one video. Again, me personally, I was like, you know what? I'm like, yes, like there goes that allyship. But then, like, hearing from queer people, like, no, cross dressing does not equal allyship. So it's also like taking into ourselves and analyzing what we think, we think, and trying to minimize the influence of others. But it's hard to think about any other influence and what our true opinions are when you have been very distinctive
4: in a certain way. Good point, Esperanza. Like, when I first saw, because you're talking about Bad Bunny, right? Yes. When I saw the video, like, I remember showing it to Jasmine and then showing it to my partner and being like, yes, like, don't you see, like, allyship, like, so amazing and the fact that he wore um, the Alexa shirt at the... I think it was Jimmy Fallon or on the late night show or something like that um it was like oh you see like in a skirt like he's risking himself he's using his privilege but then like when I talked about it with my friend he's like but how do you know that he's doing that like you said it's bronzer like how do you know that he's not just like
2: being performative
4: yes exactly and I was like oh damn you know, like, I guess because we, we, we want to see something, we force ourselves that we're seeing it, but we don't know people's intentions. And that's the hard part with, like, all of this stuff, you know?
2: And that's the thing with machismo. Like, I don't want to downplay anyone who has, like, you know, gone against it. But we're so quick to applaud them for doing, for, like, rejecting such toxic I- ideals. Like it's like my favorite thing to say. Like you don't applaud a fish for swimming. Like so, it's something that at least that goes in my mind, where it's just like I'm not gonna up gonna applaud for people who treat others with some respect and acknowledge their humanity.
1: Absorbing.
2: <laughs> yeah, because I mean it is a lot. Like as much, like, as a person who identifies as, or who is bisexual for the longest time, it's just, like, you know, you you hear allies from a lot in, like, culture, at least what I, from what my own experience was, is that, like, you know, it does not exist. Mm -hmm. But it's, like, you're either, it's, again, putting it on, like, a binary picture where it's, like, you're either gay or you're straight, and I think much my all makes you think that it could only be one extreme or the other, when, and we ignore that there are spectrums for either gender identity, sexuality, and gender expression.
1: Um, no.
0: yeah.
1: oh. <laughs> My little brother, um, he's annoyed right now, but... Anyways, but yeah, it's like, it's crazy because I, I really enjoyed, I'm glad yeah. that you brought up Bad Bunny because like that's exactly what I was thinking of yesterday when I was like preparing for this and I was like, I wonder if we're going to bring up Bad Bunny in this <laughs> because I think what he did has been or like what he has been doing so far to show his allyship has been really good especially since he is Latinx and um, you don't really see that a lot from men within our community like showing their allyship but it's like sometimes Mm -hmm. it's hard because since from what we know he identifies as a, a man and it's really hard as a woman identifying person to fully put trust into that but it's Mm -hmm. also important to allow um, men or male identifying folks to be able to learn and to practice allyship because that's what we need as women we need that allyship and we need more men breaking barriers but I think to just start that we need more men listening like I really really Mm -hmm. hope that men are going to listen to this podcast (laughs) and just like really listen and it's great because they can't interrupt us. (laughs) So like that's that's a good part. But yeah.
2: Yeah, because then you like for me, like I personally try to be careful about speaking about men who are, I guess, non to non like Untraditional,
1: traditional
2: mm-hmm. if that's the correct rating but um because one night like, we cannot police another person's gender expression and especially and, like if they do choose like if they are a you know a non-heteronormative then we can't also like you know force them to come out because that's like, for every individual to choose that and to choose like how big a deal they want to make it to. Mm-hmm. So it's a lot of like balancing like non-policing other people about their gender expression and sexuality, but also being aware that like you don't have to applaud basic things. like you don't have to applaud the bare minimum.
1: Yeah, very true um yeah because it's like if you applaud the bare minimum who knows if they're going to continue with their allyship because if they already get like that applause they're going to be like okay i did my part i'm good but being an ally is continuing to do your part and continuing to learn more things and um i mean yeah there's always with policing too it's like there's always going to be people who are going to make mistakes i know some men in my life who do do their part and try um, to be good allies but they mess up too and if they're your friend and you want them to continue to learn that's when you like call them in rather than calling them out and if they are really into the idea of of allyship then they would listen to you and um, not get so defensive and like do their part to um, continue learning and also unlearning all of this patriarchal, like, type stuff, but, um, yeah, like, what you had said about gender expression, gender expression does not identify what your gender is either, because, speaking for myself, um, I do identify as a woman, but sometimes I like to wear, like, male Back to what I was saying, I was talking about like gender expression and not identity, like that doesn't really necessarily have anything to do with your gender, it could, but as like for myself, I identify as a woman, but I do like to wear some aspects of male clothing, Um, so it's kind of funny because one time I was with my mom and my grandma at Costco, and my mom was buying like a rain jacket for my stepdad and i was like that rain jacket looks really cool like i want it (laughs) so my mom was like helping me look for one that was like a smaller size that i could wear and my grandma was like uh that's a jacket for men and i was like yes it is grandma it is a jacket for men." (laughs) and like my mom like told her she was like oh jasmine likes she likes to wear like stuff like this she likes to wear male clothing sometimes and like at goodwill sometimes you know thrift stores i'll look at men's long sleeve t-shirts because i just really like how they fit on me and i was like talking with a friend and we were talking about like my style and we described my style as like a 12 year old boy sometimes (laughs) sometimes i'm a little bit more femme and i do like to wear like quote-unquote girlier clothes, but other times I just like to wear, like, I kind of just like to wear whatever I want, like, what makes me feel comfortable, and sometimes it's, like, a mix of both, where I'll wear, like, a male t-shirt, but, like, everything else on, on me is, like, pretty fem. so, um, it's just interesting seeing how, like, my style has evolved in a sense where I'm more comfortable with myself, and, And then it's also, like, hearing from family, like, why do you wear certain things? Or, like, why are you looking in the men's section? Or why do you like to wear, um, like, shirts that are very loose? But it's, yeah, it's all about, like, that whole, like, breaking the mold. And your gender expression has nothing to do, well, not that it has nothing to do, but it doesn't always have everything to do with, like, your gender or your sexuality, and sometimes since people put all of that together, they think, oh, because you're a female, you can't like wear male clothing or you can't do this because you're a female or like even with like kids, like with my brother, for example, he's already getting it drilled into his head that there's certain things for girls and certain things for boys. And so I'm trying to like help him unlearn that too. So yeah, it's interesting. I wanted to bounce off of
4: that um it's interesting that you bring up like how it it came to be in your family um so i remember having like a conversation with my five-year-old nephew like a few days ago i want to say last week and we've been joking about like cutting each other's hair because you know it's like growing hella long for him and um he is used to having like shorter haircuts so I was like, you want me to cut your hair? He's like, yeah, can I cut yours too? I'm like, yeah. And I told him, I want it really short, like yours, like just playing around. He didn't have scissors in his hand. And he was like, no, you want boy hair? Ew, that's not for girls. You're a girl. I'm going to give you girl hair. And I kept teasing him like, no, I want boy hair. Thank you. And he's like, no like he wouldn't understand like and I literally a little five-year-old body was like getting so enraged because I wanted quote-unquote boy hair and I thought he um he ended up hitting me like he threw a little punch and I was just like wow like the things that affect a five-year-old, that enrage a rage of five-year-old, are what turn into violence and feminicidios when we're older. For some cases, for a lot, they're still affected at a young age. But it's like, wow, like, can you imagine what, if like, he keeps being exposed to what he's being exposed and keeps believing and building those feelings of rage, like for, for different, for preferences, for different preferences, like, based on gender, can you imagine like what kind of adult he's gonna be one day? Like what his approach to women are gonna be? Like what his views on um, gender non-binary or non-conforming expressions or identities? um, Like, you know what I mean? Like who raised this kid? you know what I mean <laughs> and it's like if he's surrounded by um a bunch of people who you know like let's say he was surrounded by um like a matriarchy like I mean he is but then like he isn't at the same time so it's just like what kind of you know if that goes to raise a question like I always correct my nieces and my nephews to the point where I annoy my sister because she doesn't like that I'm like teaching them equality or that like you don't have to be a certain way and fall into those gender norms Um, and I'm questioning them like for example if she says oh you have a girlfriend like is she your girlfriend like at daycare I'll be like or boyfriend like you know what I mean like do you have one so and that pisses people the fuck off like little things like that And it's just like, well, if I am so open about being that way, how is he still so, like, enraged and focused on thinking like that? You know what I mean? So, yeah, I think it definitely, like, demonstrates the question that you asked earlier. Like, yeah, patriarchy and machismo is still so prevalent, even in matriarchies. you know?
1: All right. Does anybody else have any other thoughts before we move on? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Thanks for the affirmation. <laughs> um uh, let, okay, so I'm pretty sure y'all have seen like how we've been spelling Muhead. And even like with women too as well, how there's like an X in it, right? Um, I kind of wanted to have the conversation or like to talk about if any of y'all uh know about the importance of the X within muhed or if you have any of your own thoughts on the X. It's okay if you don't know either.
3: <laughs> I do not know the exact derivative (laughs) if that makes sense, like where exactly, how exactly it started. But I would say that my first impression of it was in a way how the X is incorporated into uh, the the Spanish language, so to be inclusive. um, I noticed that in women, I mean men, is the word men is within the word woman so I would say it is to um, expand the I guess expand like the meaning behind it so it's not so um, it's not binary I guess or gender conforming and also my personal I guess uh, interpretation of it I, I love the x because I feel like it's like legit like Chingate, you know, like oh no. So it adds on to that resilience within mujeres. You know, that rebellion, like, no, I'm against that, and no, you cannot tell me. So that was my own personal interpretation. So I love the X. Yes, period. I
1: love that interpretation because I also really like the X in it. I never really thought about it like that, but yeah, because sometimes, like you're right, it is um, kind of especially more inclusive within like our language, um, since we don't really have very inclusive language in Spanish, but even like for women in English, yeah, there's that men part, or like man, so you want to kind of x that out you know because there is like we talked about earlier is like for folks who don't necessarily fully identify with women or like they're kind of in between non-binary somewhere on the spectrum it gives them that like ability to still be within that category and like if they feel it one day you know so yeah I really enjoy the x in muhead like referring to myself whenever I even say mujer, just think that if it were spelled out, like in a word bubble, it would be with an X (laughs) and not the J, because yeah, I really do like the X in it.
0: And then I think also going off of the um, X within mujer or woman, I think it also ties into the Oaxacan Muhe community—it's um, a community located in southern Oaxaca. Um, where individuals um, don't live by the like the normal gender labels, and um, rather than them being like looked down upon or segregated within that within the Oaxaca community, they're actually basically cel- they're celebrated and like in a way venerated there. Because they have like a whole um, festival in their honor, and like I just find that amazing. Because it's like to see um, this co- this community be like acknowledged within a Latinx community, like country. It's amazing because you don't really see that as often. Because like being um, trans or non-binary or just part of the LGBTQ community. It's like looked down upon within Latinx communities or families, but it's like the Mohit community, it's like they're actually celebrated and then they're giving they're given respect. And it's just amazing.
2: I think it also goes to show that ideas Sexuality, gender, all existing in a, all existing in binary, is really just federal, federal, federal or state idea, and even further, it's more like a co, uh, colonizer.
1: Yeah. So uh, another like aspect of the X. Ex- like within Muhead, at least, um, it does tie back to um, indigenous communities. Like how people sometimes put the X in front of like Chicana or Chicano or Chicanex, X, and that's like um, to commemorate indigenous communities. But it is also important, like when doing so, like it's okay to commemorate indigeneity especially since um we know that some of our culture of course not all of our culture but some of our culture did come from indigenous communities Um, but sorry i like kind of lost my train of thought You gonna cut that out but yeah so the x comes from some to commemorate indigenous culture but it's also important to remember that like not everybody is indigenous um you might not even be indigenous yourself so it's like to remember to be careful with um the way you're going about that but um yeah i forgot what else i was gonna say I'll come back to it if I I remember.
4: (laughs) I didn't really know um,
1: about the mujer
4: with the X until I saw you using it, Jasmine, at Rooted last year Um, on the graffiti wall where we were like a lot of spray paint. Um, But in English, I really like the spelling too, like, because I feel like a lot of the words are, well, the way I understand is that. A lot of our words are centered around male experiences. So women um, has, like, the word men in it. That's what we talked about. So we're, like, crossing that out and reclaiming it
3: for ourselves. And I like that. I love how you said reclaiming it. Yes, exactly. Empowering empowerment. Reclaiming it. I love that. I love that word. And I meant to use it earlier and I totally forgot, but I love that word, reclaiming that power, reclaiming that, that rebellion, rebellious spirit within mujeres. Yes. Just had to say that because I love it. Yes.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yes. That's what this is about, y'all. It's about reclaiming your power as a head. So shout out to y'all for like figuring that out and putting that in. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I think like, um, I had, when we, when Alma and I started like working on this project, um, and we actually learned about the Muhe community from Elisa. So shout out to Elisa for um, helping us out with like this workshop, and um, like mentoring us through this. But I thought it was really cool how there is this community in Oaxaca, specifically, um, that it there's no binary, and it's like, y'all should look this up afterwards, look up like Muhe community, because everybody is dressed how they want to be dressed. Some are more femme, and some are like a little bit more masculine, or there's like a little bit of both. And they kind of like how Alma had mentioned, they have like a day where um, they celebrate their community and they have like a march or a parade. So it's kind of like their own pride parade, but it's not in the sense where they had to make this pride parade because they are unseen. It's just because they're celebrating their community as a whole, because within their own community, they're already seen to each other. And yeah, it's just like really cool because uh, I remember taking this gender and sexuality class for Chicana and Chicano Studies. Um, and we talked about like indigenous sexualities and indigenous gender and like two-spirited folks. And like that was some of my favorite um, topics to learn about and to talk about because it's like, you don't realize sometimes that you're stuck in this binary because of colonization. And our ancestors probably didn't have these same ideas as like what a binary is. And at least within the two-spirited community, like you're chosen. That's like their belief in two-spirited community is like you're two-spirit because you were chosen by, um, I don't know if it's like their God or like exactly what it is. But um, yeah, it's like a great honor to be two-spirited because you hold both masculine and femininity. And it's like you have this balance. So it's really interesting to learn about and to talk about. And it really reminds you of that importance that even though you feel like you're wrong for questioning your gender, for questioning your sexuality, or for not wanting to be within the binary, you're not wrong. And like you have every right to question that because it, it was prevalent in our history. It was there.
0: Shout out to Jasmine for talking about like including our ancestors and everything because to be honest, like I didn't think about it that way, about how gender is is like more than likely caused upon colonization, so shout out to you, Jasmine
3: <laughs> I'm happy to take that class. It sounds really interesting <laughs>
1: it, it was very interesting. It's an enlightening course, and it counts as <laughs> your s. <laughs> What was it again? <laughs> it counts as your, um, it's the gender and sexuality within Chicano Chicano studies, and it counts as your S um, for your SJSU. Mm. I will make note of that. <laughs> yeah, it's really interesting. Um, but yeah, if, if there's any other thoughts, uh, y'all want to bring up anything, because we're um about to close it out because we actually hit all of our questions and we've had an amazing conversation so unless y'all want to bring up anything um i just want to thank you all for taking the time and the energy to be here and this conversation was so incredible and i cannot wait to get this out to everybody and yeah i'm excited um thank you so much
0: Hey, but the plática doesn't finish here. We could continue. It doesn't conversations. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So shout out to you all, and then shout out to whoever. Uh, to this.
3: <laughs> yes, honestly, thank you, Jasmine and Alma, for inviting us and joining us in this conversation. I think yes, very true. These are continuing topics and themes that still you know continue to come up and I'd say we are the change in this world and so I think I think this workshop is so important and I was one of the many you know awaiting um participants (laughs) I was very excited for this workshop and I was excited to see what y'all presented I'm glad that you know it's taken I mean, I'm, I really wanted to see it live, but I'm glad that y'all were able to still, you know, make it go live, although it's virtual, but still continue it and have it in this kind of, you know, conversation-based uh, approach. And I'm sure that hopefully whoever, you know, watches this continues to add to these conversations and that, you know, maybe this can be even a recurring workshop where we just grow and continue to to share and and educate one another. And so, yeah, thank you. I will, this was very fun. Um and very empowering, see? Just like this. Just, this is women empowerment. And so, yeah, thank you.
0: We got to reclaim our power.
3: <laughs> yes. Uh,
0: reclaim. <laughs>
3: but yes
4: yeah honestly shout out to uh, Almita and Hasmin for coordinating this and really just having us helping us hold each other and reminding each other that the struggle's not over and just because you feel alone sometimes doesn't mean that you're not validated, doesn't mean that you don't have a right, doesn't mean that it's not your choice to believe in what you want to believe in So shout out to y'all and everybody listening. I hope that whoever does watch or listen to this feels like they resonate or connected with someone on this chat right now Um, because, you know, we're on this together, whether you agree or disagree or have no feelings or are feeling everything all at once, you are not alone. Baby Mook said it.
0: Yeah, just to, like the other speakers
2: said, um, I hope that listening to this can, you know, one day live their own, authentic, true self, and just remember that you're on your way of becoming the woman that you never thought you could be. <laughs>
0: Yay.
1: Thank you. Thank you for being our audience or not our audience but our guests. What the heck? You guys are more than an audience. (laughs) Um interact in audience. Interact. Wow. Yes. I was like, Yesenia. We got you. I was like our biggest fan to be honest. (laughs) I was rooting
3: since day one. I was like, I love this idea. I wanna see it happen.
1: Yeah. like incredible how this idea expanded onto like two podcasts dude <laughs> and
3: we were just like now, now you're in a social media campaign because it, it, it has many different formats And I like, know
1: yeah so this this workshop has like really expanded and hit hard and i'm excited to see like if it does continue because yesenia that's a good idea i think like it could be a recurring thing, even if it's not, like, Alma and I facilitating it. It could be passed on to, like, different success leaders and different folks at the cita Chavez Center and, like, just within um, uh, the In Solidarity Network. <laughs> and, yeah, it would be great to see this again in, like, different conversations and yeah, and it originated, we can cut this out, I don't know, but maybe we want to be as raw as possible, but it just originated, honestly, mostly from my anger of men, (laughs) and how, like, men are trash, and especially, especially, like, cisgender heterosexual men, um, because within my own experience, especially last semester, right before this came about, I was just, like, having to deal with these awful men in my life, and I was like, I'm tired of it. They don't understand. So thank you for being a part of this. It's really cool and very empowering.
4: <laughs> thank
1: you. Yeah, so I hope y'all have, like, a good rest of your day and feel empowered, and look up poetry, and do some art, and sit in the sun.
3: Yes. Thank you. Take care of yourselves. Drink lots of water, and rest, and (laughs) reflect.
4: I want to memorize a poem, and I'll show it, y'all, on a little message chat. Yeah. Yeah, that'll be fun. Uh-huh.